What is up, Hog fans? This is the House of Hog post-game reaction podcast. Uh, I'm your host, Connor Goodson. We've got a lot to dive into. Arkansas defeats Western Carolina 56-13 to open the season and get things started on the right foot. As I said, a lot to get into. A lot of, a lot of good. Really, really solid uh, start to the season. I wrote yesterday, I wrote an article, and I had the opinion that this is the year that Sam Pittman needs to really prove that he can get it done, that he's the man for the job. And I think starting the season off with a very convincing win over Western Carolina is exactly how you have to do that. So they come out first possession defense is able to really just enforce their will right off the get go. I mean, you start the game off with a sack, and it's just pretty much Arkansas from that moment on just controlled the game. Um, KJ Jefferson really came out and led the offense. Danny Nose's offense, really great stuff from Danny Nose. You know, it's his second stint at Arkansas. And one of the things that I noticed was with it being his second stint, it started exactly as his first stint in Arkansas started in 2015. The Razorbacks scored their first possession with a bubble screen from I think it was Drew Morgan caught the touchdown but it was a bubble screen was the first score that Danny Nose's offense had while he was the uh, offensive coordinator at Arkansas back in 2015 so I just thought that that was a little bit of a ironic thing that uh, Arkansas was able to basically do that same thing again Jaden Wilson takes it 65 yards for the touchdown to get things started now there was a lot, lot of things that Arkansas can improve. Um, and we'll get into that. The offensive line, obviously, that's the big one. But all in all, you can't really complain. As I mentioned, that Arkansas needs to really just dominate games against inferior opponents. That's what Sam Pittman has really struggled with the last couple of years. He has, he admitted this past week that he struggled. Um, for whatever reason, he has struggled to get his team ready to play teams like Rice in 2021. Arkansas trailed 17 to seven against Rice in half at halftime. Then you go to Missouri State. Bobby Petrino comes back, and Arkansas is able to barely pull out a win against Bobby Petrino. I mean, that would have been disastrous if Petrino comes back and is able to beat Arkansas in their own stadium. And then you've got Bryce Stevens who Arkansas is trailing in the fourth quarter against Bobby Petrino and Bryce Stevens does what hadn't been done since Joe Adams was here and takes a punt return back to the, back to the end zone. And Arkansas is barely able to escape that. And then Liberty later down the road, Liberty comes in and beats you on your home field. Arkansas fans thought that those days were over with Chad Morris and Brett Bielema, that those days were long gone where you're losing to teams like this. So I said in one of my articles that I wrote the other day that Arkansas needed to come out and they needed to set the tone for this season. And by set the tone, I mean they needed to win convincingly. And I'm very proud that they were able to come out and do that, do exactly that. So let's dive into more of the game. I know I said Arkansas really got off to a fast fast start and they were able to just control it from the get-go. But there were some issues that I had with the offensive line. Now, Arkansas... Did not have Brady Latham as the guard. He's a fifth-year senior, and he was out with an injury today. So the offensive line did not have Brady Latham. And that's one of the 
I, I hope that that's one of the reasons Arkansas's offensive line struggled because Arkansas could not establish the run. And I don't know what that was up or what was up with that, but Pittman even said that in this pre- post-game press conference that Arkansas could not establish the run and he doesn't know. They just got to, he point blank said it, they've got to get better at run blocking and establishing that or they're not going to have success for it later on down the season. I mean, it's one thing, you know, struggling against, you know, the Alabamas, the Georgias, the LSUs, but Western Carolina, mm, it's not good when you can't establish the run because that is, that is Bre- uh, Sam Pittman's bread and butter at Arkansas is that he's been wanting to establish the run. And, and he want, he said before he wants to be 200 yard passing, 200 yard rushing top of team. And it's not a good sign that they're not able to do that against Western Carolina, who is easily overmatched. And Western Carolina was actually one of the worst FCS teams in stopping the run last year. So that is a little bit of a concern. But I think with it being the first game of the year, you're missing Brady Latham, who is a big time senior leader on this team. I think that that's going to quell a lot of issues that we'd had and that we saw uh, from this offensive line. Now, another thing that I think um, that I wanted to point out was in the offseason, a lot of talk about uh, Rocket Sanders was how he was able to put on a lot of muscle, but didn't really lose any of that speed that made him dynamic. And I don't know what it was, but we just really didn't see that today from Rocket Sanders. And I'm a little disappointed we didn't get to see it. But again, that all harps back to not being able to establish the run and not being able to get the holes that he needs to run through and be that dynamic runner. It's not all bad. Um, The offense had a lot, and I mean a lot of really solid moments that I was, I took it, took away from this. This offense is going to be good. I, I think that this offense is going to be fine if they figure out the run my main takeaway is that I love, I love the mindset that Danny Nose has pretty much given this offense compared to how it was under Kendall Browse. Under Kendall Browse, this Arkansas offense just did not take advantage of chances and opportunities that they were given. Today, um, Arkansas is able to get an interception early in the game. It's 14 nothing already. Arkansas gets an interception. Hudson Clark picks it off and immediately – First play from scrimmage after Arkansas gets the turnover. We take a shot to the end zone. Isaac Tesla comes up with it. Touchdown is 21-0. Arkansas didn't do that with Kendall Browse. For whatever reason, Kendall Browse did not like to take shots into the end zone after big plays, momentum-changing plays. And that's what I love about Dan Enos. Um, shout out, my, my dad actually texted me because um, we've been saying for years, why doesn't Kendall, Kendall Browse take shots into the end zone when he's got a chance to just break games wide open and take control of games. And that's, that's kind of what we saw today. Arkansas, you know, it's 14, nothing. You don't capitalize on a turnover and you never know. Western Carolina could come back. That's how these teams, you know, I mentioned at the, at the beginning of this, that teams like Rice, Missouri state, Liberty, they were able to hang around. Now Liberty was a little different. They were up, they were able to come in and just, get up 21 nothing and really not look back but with other with other lesser opponents you keep them around you're just asking for trouble and Arkansas could have done that they could have played with their food and let them hang around but they didn't and a lot of that's because Danny Enos was like all right let's put this away let's go up top I'm gonna give it to Isaac Tesla and 
if he catches it, good, but I'm going to take the shot. And he did take the shot. And I think that we're going to see a lot more of that, I hope, because that's the mindset. That's the mindset that this Arkansas team needs. I did mention the offensive line struggles. Also, going back to the passing game under Dan Enos, utilizing the middle of the field. I mean, using the middle of the field has just been a foreign concept to the Arkansas offense the last few years under Kendall Browse. I don't know what it was, but he did not like to throw it over the middle for whatever reason. I mean, that I remember Auburn last year. There was a third and five, and nobody, not not a single Auburn defender was in the middle of the field. I mean, it was wide open. It was a free first down, and we had our receivers, and one was running a seam, and the other two were running out routes towards the sideline. And it's like, why? I don't understand it. But literally the first or second play, sorry, the first play of the game uh, on offense was a K.J. Jefferson pass to uh, Luke Hawes, the true freshman, and he came away with the the catch. But then the rest of the game, Arkansas was just targeting that middle of the field. And, I mean, that's the stuff that we saw with Bobby Petrino, was utilizing the middle of the field, utilizing the slants, taking advantage, taking what the defense gives you. Now, K.J. Jefferson did miss a few passes. Um, He did have a couple of touch issues where, you know, if he does convert those passes, make those completions, put a little less air on the ball, and in some cases put a little bit more air on the ball, he has, I think, two touch easily has two more touchdowns than what he had. So there were a couple issues, but it's week one. Uh, you really hope that KJ Jefferson is able to, you know, fix those. But you know, he has had some touch issues in the past. So you know, but with KJ, it was a lot more good than it was bad. 18 of 23 for 246 yards, three touchdowns, zero interceptions, a 78% completion rating. He's coming for that uh, school record in completion percentage because, I mean, this dude does not throw bad passes. He does not throw really questionable passes. I mean, he's just he's just very smart and takes care of the ball. Now, another thing that I want to another thing that I want to get into and mention Isaiah Satania. Didn't see a whole lot from him on offense. He got two catches for 14 yards. Longest was 13 yards. He was kind of utilized in the in the screen jet sweep game. But one of the things that I think could be a difference maker, and I alluded to it on the first episode of the podcast earlier this week, special teams. Man, watching Isaiah Satania today, that kid this year will have a punt return or a kick return touchdown. Probably punt return because you get more opportunities to return punts nowadays than you do kickoffs. But Isaiah Satania is going to have, he's going to break one. I mean, his speed is just too dynamic. He's got so much. I mean, his decision making when he has the ball, the the holes that he takes, the angles that he takes, his vision in the open field. I mean, it's on another level. And he's a true sophomore. Like, he hasn't redshirted. He's a sophomore. Um, and that was something that Kenny Guyton kind of talked about coming into the season. He was excited about Isaiah Satania's maturity and his decision making on the field, and he thought that that could really, really be a game changer for this offense. And it's really shown itself in the special teams. I'm I'm very excited for what is to come with him. And you know, we talked about all off season. the The wide receiver group was a big question mark because you lose. Guys like 
Matt Landers, Jaden Hazelwood, stuff like that. But but I think that the biggest thing is that you replace them with some very, very talented guys. Andrew Armstrong, phenomenal game. Uh, he, I think he led the team. Yep, he led the team. Looking at the stats here, he led the team in receptions. He had five catches for 78 yards, a touchdown, a long of 29, and he was targeted seven times. So we're starting to see that relationship with him and KJ a little bit. It's starting to kind of feel like Armstrong might be KJ's favorite target. It's just the first game, obviously. I'm not going to try to overreact here. But they looked very comfortable playing some throw and catch with each other. Uh, Jaden Wilson, very surprised to see him get the start. I did not expect to see him starting. But, you know, like I mentioned at the very top of this, Arkansas was able to score on that little bubble screen from the second play from scrimmage exactly how they did in 2015 with Danny Ness's stint at Arkansas. That's how it started. And, you know, I saw a tweet that said time is a flat circle and it's pretty, pretty weird how that, how that stuff works out. Um, moving on. I had mentioned in the first episode of the podcast, uh, Davion Dozier is a guy to keep your eye on in the receiving core. And he was able to get some action there at the end. He caught a touchdown pass from Jacoby Chriswell. Uh, could be a sneak peek for 2024. You never know. The, those two guys, I mean, 6'4", he has Davion Dozier has the size to make some make some noise and make the main rotation. But overall, the wide receivers very pleased. The the passing game I think is great. Like I said, we just got to figure some stuff out with the running game. And I think having Brady Latham back hopefully next week against Kent State, I think that that will that should help a lot of the issues that we saw today from from the running game. But yeah, not very not very proud of kind of what the team accomplished on the ground and uh but the passing game is really really looks like it's polished uh, it's a polished product ready to go for the rest of the season. Um you just kind of got to keep that up and hope everyone stays healthy and kind of figure out your main rotation and who you're going to go to when the time when the time comes late in games. Another thing that I wanted to mention on the offense is that Jacoby Criswell, we got to see him. Uh, Jacoby Criswell, the transfer from North Carolina, we got to see him come in at the very end and kind of take care of things. And, I mean, I love me some K.J. Jefferson, but Jacoby Criswell might just be the better thrower when it's all said and done. He is a very, very talented passer, and I was glad to see him get some valuable valuable playing time because um, – I've mentioned it before, I think. I don't think I mentioned it on the first episode of the podcast earlier this week. But the big thing in these games when you have guys like, or you're playing teams like Western Carolina and you have a bunch of new guys, you have a new offense and a new defense, you've you've got to take advantage of these opportunities and you've got to use them to get better, to iron out details, and to really just fix stuff that you're not really, um, that you're not really able to replicate in a team setting. You know, you don't really, even in scrimmages, you know, it's all, you're all part of one team in fall camp and you've got to get everyone on the roster, not just your, not just your starters, not just your main rotation guys, but you've got to get these young guys, these freshmen, these, these backups, you've got to get them reps. I mean, and that was one thing that really irked me about, Brett Bielema, when he was here as coach, is that he really never gave his backups some run, even when they late into the second half. And I thought that we were about to, I thought we were about to get 
that same thing earlier today because first series in the fourth quarter, KJ Jefferson's still at quarterback. And I'm like, I need to see some of the backups. I would love to see some of the backups here, but eventually Jacoby Criswell was able to come in and we were able to get some backups, some valuable time, but that's what you got to use these games for early in the season is to get guys experience and you never know an injury could happen and you've got to make sure that some of these guys get game reps in actual against actual opponents, not in just scrimmages and controlled settings. So I was very happy to see that we finally did bring the backups in and give them some run because I was kind of concerned about that. Moving on to the other side of the ball, and there is a lot of good that I saw with the defense today. I mean, the defense, obviously all of these things you've got to take with a grain of salt because it is Western Carolina. It is just a FCS level opponent that you can't come away with it saying, oh, we're going to win a championship based off of this game. You can't also say that we're going to be an awful team based off of this game. I mean, you take everything with a grain of salt, but I was very, very happy with the defense's performance because uh, one thing that a lot of talk was, and and I mentioned it, was Travis Williams' aggressiveness and the defense's overall physicality with him is just, I mean, when I say it's night and day from Barry Odom, I'm not talking about just like, you know, he's light years a better coach. I'm just saying philosophy standpoint, it looked like a defense that was a little bit more in tune with what's going on. Not many communication issues. Yes, there were some really dumb penalties that I'm about to get to, but overall, just the attitude that Travis Williams and Marcus Woodson have brought to this team uh, make me very hopeful. And I think the defense that we saw today is not the same defense that we saw the other day or last year that finished dead last in the NCAA in passing defense. It's not the same defense. I mean, it, you could it's a noticeable change in, in just the scheme, the way the guys play, the way that they run to the ball. I mean, we were swarming to the ball for the most part. Um, and really, when you look at it, Western Carolina really didn't get much going until we made mistakes on on the defense. You know, we're about to stop them on this one drive, and I believe it was the second quarter uh, when they get the they get the field goal. We're about to stop them. It's about to be a big third and long or something. And for whatever reason, Jordan Crook decides to hit hit their running back out of bounds late and uh, gives them 15 yards. They're able to capitalize on it and move the chains and get into field goal range. So that was pretty much the only concern if you can even call it that because it is the first game of the season and you're, you should expect to see some of these kind of mistakes. You should expect that coming into the season, but overall I'm very happy with the play and mostly just holding Western Carolina. I, I said it, I mentioned the article that I wrote the other day, but my thing was to take pride in playing an inferior opponent and hold them to very limited scoring. And I mean, Arkansas did that. They took pride in it and they held uh, Western Carolina to just 10 points until that cheap field goal at the end. But moving on to the, some more about the defense, uh, loved the turnover, the takeaways, the turnover differential. Arkansas, has struggled with this as a defense. I think the last time we'd had, I can't remember the last time that we've had that, we've forced that many turnovers. And something that I loved about Travis Williams's defenses in Central Florida before he came over here was really how uh, how good they were at taking the ball away from teams. They were really good at taking things away, 
uh, causing forcing turnovers, causing interception, just really causing chaos. And, you know, that's why he said he runs in a very aggressive defense because he wants to be able to create chaos and create turnovers. And I was really proud with uh, how the defense came out today and was able to get, I think they finished with, let me pull it up. I've got the official stats right here. I know Western Carolina for a fact, I know Western Carolina didn't get a single turnover. Arkansas came away with five turnovers, five turnovers. I couldn't remember if it was five. KJ did not lose that fumble. Okay. Yeah. So it was five total turnovers to Western Carolina's zero. Really love that. My favorite one of them all was uh, when uh, Jaden Johnson was able to hit the running back and put his helmet on the ball and it popped free and TJ Metcalf was able to recover the fumble. Uh, That was really big. It wiped out a 22 yard gain from Western Carolina, stuff like that. Now, some of it, like I just mentioned, you've got to take with a grain of salt. So some of it is Western Carolina's not that good. They they played three quarterbacks. It's like they couldn't really settle on a quarterback. But, you know, just the fact, I mean, Arkansas wasn't doing this against teams last year. They really weren't. So it's it's very good to see them, especially adjusting to this new new defense, being able to not only – not have any communication issues, communication breakdowns, or just complete lapses in coverage. You're able to do what the blueprint has said. And, you know, Travis Williams' blueprint is to be aggressive and create turnovers. And yes, it's not the the most talented opponent you're up against, but you're still able to create turnovers. And that's a good thing when that's one of your keys to the games and you're able to go out and you're able to, Basically, just do what you set your mind to do, and that's what we saw from Arkansas today. As far as the uh, stat leaders, some someone who didn't get a lot of talk as we entered the season was Jaheim Thomas, the linebacker from Cincinnati. He did not get uh, a lot of hype. He didn't get a ton of uh, he didn't get a ton of really attention. Um, he kind of flew under the radar, but I actually, you know was very high on him. I watched a lot of his tape when he was at Cincinnati and, you know, he came out and he was the team's leading tackler. He had eight tackles, four of them were solo tackles and he had a attack one and a half tackles for loss and also had a pass breakup. Um, he also was the, you know, if you bet on games, he was the uh, very first tackle of the season for the Razorbacks. He was able to get to Cole Gonzalez there at the beginning of the game, but he had a really good game. I'm really high on him. I'm excited to see what he can do more. Uh, one guy that we that we really talked about a lot, and I talked about him in the first episode of the podcast, was uh, Trajan Jeffcoat. And we did not really see much of him at all today. I don't think he recorded an actual stat. But he did. He wasn't really the defensive line. I wouldn't say it's a concern. They did their job. They were able to get to the quarterback. They got two recorded sacks. But overall, the defensive line wanted to see a little bit more from them. I think that I think their depth is very their depth is very much a uh, their depth is very much a positive, and it's something that I think we're going to be able to use, especially coming back into SEC play. It's something that Arkansas is going to be able to lean on, but it is a little concerning to see them not be as productive uh, stat wise uh, this against a lesser opponent like Western Carolina, but. Uh, going forward, I'm very, I'm still very high on the defensive line, and I think 
most of it was a product of Western Carolina game planned to, you know, for the the depth on the defensive line. So a lot of that was just spreading out and Western Carolina's scheme really didn't allow for uh, the defensive line to be as big of a factor as you would expect. Also, a lot of freshmen made plays and a lot of new faces made plays. Um, TJ Metcalf, I very I mentioned him a while ago. He recovered a fumble, but he also had four tackles today. Very good from him. And Jaheim Singletary, the five-star transfer from Georgia, he was actually the team's second leading tackler with six tackles. He had four solo as well. But the big takeaway on defense is that you've got to clean up the penalties in the secondary. There was a lot of... I mean, a, a lot of not, I wouldn't say dumb, but it was just, you know, brain, a lapsing coverage a little bit where, you know, like uh, there was one in the second quarter. I forgot who the corner was. It may have been Singletary, but, you know, the, it's an overthrown ball kind of. I mean, he, the receiver didn't really have a chance to, to haul it in. And Singletary's, they're both pushing and shoving. And he gets called. They were offset, but then he grabs the dude's face mask at the end and yanks it down and it's just like stuff like that you've got to be really careful to not that teams don't use your aggressiveness against you and there's a lot of jawing a lot of pushing you know you could tell that Travis Williams got these got into these guys and got them hyped up there at the beginning at the beginning of the game and kind of you you just got to rein that in a little bit going forward um, and not let it cost you and like I said all ago Western Carolina they had a lot of drives that Arkansas could have just stopped, but instead, dumb penalty leads to them continuing the drive and eventually making uh, putting points on the board. So just got to clean that up, really. But overall, I'm very, very pleased with what I saw from Travis Williams and, and the whole defense. The defense looked very good. They did what they're supposed to do. I mean, what you're supposed to do in this game is you're supposed to come out and really assert your dominance and not make it even anywhere close and that's what this team did still a lot a lot to unpack and a lot to get to as far as uh we've got issues to figure out up front on offensive line get everyone healthy make sure you've got a full a full slate a full healthy depth chart the good thing is that Quincy Rhodes was the only injury I think in today's game there wasn't more besides him um we don't know the severity of his injury but seeing him walk off under his own power was a very good sign. Um, and it's also good that nobody else was injured at all. Uh, Cause that war Memorial stadium turf is notorious for having causing a lot of issues. So in closing, I think that this was, this was a very good success for Arkansas to come out and really handle, handle what they needed to. They need took care of business and they did it in the way that they needed to. My big deal was that, you know, this is a very important year for Sam Pittman and, you know, it's his fourth year. You've got to show me something. You've got to show me that you're the guy for the job and barely beating Missouri state, losing to Liberty, you know, trailing at halftime to rice. Those aren't, those aren't acceptable anymore. You used your mulligan last year against Liberty and I needed to see something. And to his credit, to Arkansas's credit, they came out and they really set the tone for the rest of the season. They did what they had to do. You can only hope that they just continue to improve. And uh, I really think that this team could do something special. Like I said in the podcast earlier this week, this is a nine-win team. That, that On paper, this is a nine-win team. Now, the games aren't played on paper. So 
we've got a lot of work to do and it's going to get a lot tougher from here. You're done playing the cupcakes. You still got Kent state and Florida international on the schedule, but you know, it's a division higher than what you played this week. So by default, it's going to be a little bit more difficult going forward. And uh, this team just has to keep doing what they're doing and get better, uh, especially up front and really nine wins is still on the table. So I think that that'll do it. I'm going to wrap things up here. A quick side note. I will say I'll have to give ESPN their flowers. Uh, I wanted to mention this. At the beginning of the broadcast, they did uh, honor Chris Smith, the former defensive end who passed away. They honored Ryan Mallett, and they honored Alex Collins as well. Uh, All three of those former Razorbacks passed away, and they had a really nice tribute there in the uh, beginning of the broadcast. So hats off to ESPN and uh, for what they did there. I'm excited to watch this team and see the see the crowd next week. We've got Kent State coming up. Kent State got demolished by Gus Malzahn and UCF last, was it, I think Friday. Friday, yeah. It was either Thursday or Friday they played. But they'll come to Fayetteville next week. It should be a pretty, a pretty good crowd uh, for it being the first Fayetteville game. I know there were a lot of issues with the stadium here in Little Rock today. A lot of fans unhappy with War Memorial Stadium. Uh, So that'll be interesting to see what the crowd is next week when it's the first on-campus game of the season. But I think we're going to wrap things up here. I appreciate everyone watching. I will have a lot more later on this week in the podcast, the recap podcast, um, as we look ahead to Kent State. But I really appreciate everyone's love and support for the first episode that dropped earlier this week. I'll start to do more of these post-game reactions where I just kind of off the cuff give my thoughts on what I just watched. Really didn't have anything uh, prepared, just uh, just kind of raw, instant reaction. That's what uh, that's what I'm trying to give you guys with these things. So yeah, expect those more, more down the road after every Razorback game. And we'll have some more episodes this week. I'll keep posted on my social media, Facebook, Twitter, everything like that. And I'll announce when, uh, when we've got more stuff coming. So really appreciate everyone watching. Hope y'all have a great rest of your weekend, a great extended weekend. And until next time, this is Connor Goodson and you've been listening to the house of Pod podcast. <laughs>